The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfi with Remax, the Golfi team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin and Phil Golfi. Yes, good morning. RobGolfi.com is the website you want to go to this morning, all weekend long, all year long if you're looking to buy or sell your home. 905-575-7700 is the phone number to call. It's 905-575-7700 at Rob Golfi on Twitter, Instagram, like them on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast, past episodes online at robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a topic idea for a future show or you have a question for the Golfie team, you can send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We do have a listener question. Uh, his name is Larry, who supplied us with a question. We'll get it uh, to it a little later on in the program. But uh, to begin with, uh, today we're in the uh, thick of things in terms of summer. Uh, the weather is much warmer than it has been at any point uh, this season. Heat waves coming and going. Is uh, real estate in Hamilton, guys, uh, as hot as it's ever been so far this year? It, it's crazy. It's uh, it's We're in, in a little bit of a boom market, especially under the 700,000 Mark Rick, it uh, is just uh, it's just exploding. We're seeing prices that I, I can't even I, I don't understand. I don't even know if, if the banks will even approve financing uh, for house prices that are going that high. It's just uh, I can't believe it. So is this the post? I don't want to say post pandemic, but is this the the rush during the pandemic because homeowners or home buyers are a little optimistic that this is coming to a, an end? I, I, I think we. I think we're kind of used to of this uh, unknown normal that we're in. Like people are just, you know what I mean? Like, like it's summertime and we barely get summers that are, you know, like, like we've got two months left, Rick, like we got July and August coming up and, uh, and it's, 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 people are just, you know, doing their own business the way they're doing it. And it's the only thing that's not in there is concerts, summer concerts, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, restaurants and everything like that. It's just so people are saying, okay, you know, we want to make a move. We've been thinking about it. Let's just do it. And uh, there's a lot of buyers out there looking and, and sellers are, are cashing in. Like if you're, if you're, a, if you're looking at selling your house, I'm telling you, do it now. Uh, you're going to get top bucks. So, so anybody that's getting out of the real estate market, for instance, people that are retiring, uh, moving out of the country or moving with their in-laws or their uh, relatives, anybody that's not going to be purchasing a house and moving out, cash out now. Whether you think you were going to do it next year, do it now. Um, um, housing prices are, I, I can't believe what people are getting, especially under the 700000 mark. So just, just Rick, just to give you an idea 
in the last 30 days, 783 homes sold in the last uh, 30 days. Now that's including, uh, I just put Hamilton in there, Stony Creek, uh, Glanbrook, uh, Waterdown, uh, Flamborough's all in there. Okay, so so it, 783 homes sold in the last 30 days. Now, out of the, out of the 783, 581 sold in the last 30 days under 700. Okay. So, so it's, it's quite a bit. So 581 of those uh, sold under 700 out of the 581, 309 sold full price or more under 700. So, and then 60 uh, over the 700 mark, 64 sold full price or more. So it's telling you that under that 700 mark is flying. It's just flying out the door. And uh, so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you have a house that's in the uh, four, 500, 600 range, you're going to do very well. For instance, there was one on Lawrence Avenue uh, that, that was listed at, uh, I think at six, five eighty nine or five ninety Rick, 21 offers sold for a hundred thousand over asking. Holy. I can't, I can't believe it on Lawrence Avenue. I, I don't, I would never have guessed a house would go for that. It was a one and a half story, uh, three bedroom, I think 1,350, 1,380 square feet, single car garage. It was done up beautifully. No, no doubt. But I, I, it sold for uh 700,000. So that's what's going on with the market here in, uh, in Hamilton. And it's just, uh, it's outrageous, but but we're we're getting them for the sellers and the buyers. There are some good deals out there. The, you know, I'm not you know telling you not to go buy. You just gotta you know sniff them out and just work hard and and, and just you know you know give us a call. We'll, we've got there's a lot of good deals out there. But it just it just depends on who's managing the listing. That's the key thing in getting these top dollars. So um, you, you got to be careful who you hire. You know, and hire us. We've got a lot of experience in dealing with multiple offers. And, uh, and, uh, we can get that top dollar for you if you're selling, but anyway, so it, Rick, what else is going on? It, no? Is that, <laughs> is that, uh, that, that, those are some great stats and some, some eye popping stats. Cause I don't think that is the perception in the community. It's uh, I remember you telling the story last week that you were going to get gas and the attendant at the, the gas station was saying, Hey, I guess, you know, real estate's really down in the dumps, but I mean, it's the exact opposite here in Hamilton, it might be a different story in Alberta that that really relies on uh, you know the oil and gas sector, but here in Hamilton is, is a much different story. But is that example of of uh, that multiple offer situation and the the sale price a hundred thousand over asking is that another example of the return of the GTA buyer here in Hamilton, or is that just what the market is dictating right now? Uh, absolutely, because I, I I know quite a few uh, GTA buyers, and one of them called me up about Lawrence Avenue. That's why I know that the about this. Uh, price what it sold for. So, um, so the agent uh, that was that was representing the buyer, she's from the GTA. The buyer's from the GTA, and I was coaching her, and I was saying to her, you know, um, I actually said to her, it's probably going to go somewhere around six fifty. I said go between six fifty one and six fifty five, and uh, and I think that that's the value. I, I said you're you're. I don't think it's worth more than that. And, um, but anyway, I didn't know there was 21 offers after. So, uh, usually everybody, uh, registers their offer sometimes an hour before, uh, the final registration is happening. And, uh, and it went for 700. And if I known there was, uh, 21 offers, I probably would have said it's, it's, it's going to go a lot higher. So, and, and, and we keep the stats in our office. Like I have a, a, a stats 
number of, and sometimes I'll, I'll call the, and I even called the agent that had, uh, for instance, another uh, house that sold around the corner from uh, Lawrence Avenue, and they had four or five offers, and it went, I think, 30000 over asking. Okay, so that's, that, that was with four offers. Now, 21 offers, yeah, you're going to get somebody that's going to come in and step up to the plate and give 100000 So hopefully they've got, uh, you know, either uh, they don't need the financing as much because the banks are going to be a little tough on that one. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't see the banks uh, appraising that house at 700. So, so they either paid cash for the house or they're going in at 50% um, uh, down payment. I don't know, but if it uh, shows uh, back up for sale, then we know that uh, the banks uh, did not approve the, uh, the buyer to buy that house at 700 and, and it didn't appraise at 700. So uh, you, you got to be careful with that too. Well, it's very interesting. The uh, Canadian real estate market, uh, obviously starting to see sellers return, especially in post-lockdown regions. And according to the Canadian Real Estate Association, uh, it says that sales to new listings ratio, SNLR, fell across Canada in May. The entire drop was due to inventory rising much faster than sales in regions where the lockdown has been uh, mostly lifted. However, different story uh, in uh, parts of Ontario, including Hamilton. So Ottawa was number one nationally in May in terms of sales to new listing ratio. But Hamilton was number one in sales to new listings ratio change from April to May. It saw the biggest jump, 81.3% in May, up 20.8% from the month before. Uh, Kitchener follows at 76%, up 19%. Quebec City third, up 17.1% from last year. And uh, Southern Ontario is still one of the most locked down economic regions in Canada. I know we're all in phase two, except for Windsor-Essex, but sales to new listings ratio in terms of the change from April to May, Hamilton number one by a landslide. So, I mean, this market is as strong as, as it's going to be right now during this, you know, unprecedented time. Yeah, no, and exactly. And uh, so, I mean, it's surprising. I mean, we're just we're coming out of a uh, where everybody was shut down for about three months and things are starting to pick back up, but it's not 100 percent pick back up. But Rick, just uh, this week, um, the stats came out. Forty six thousand people were unemployed, uh, lost their jobs uh, because of covid. And now they're starting to come back. Now, they said there was 13 percent unemployment. Uh, I, I couldn't understand how you guys were uh, saying that on the radio this week. Was it 13% unemployment in uh, Hamilton uh, and surrounding? Yes. I think it was like 13.7% or some, some th- uh, somewhere around there. It, and then it dropped down to 11% because some people are getting uh, coming back, coming to, back work, to work. Coming back to work, yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's it. So 11% is still high. That's that's still a high number for unemployment. So I, I, I still feel that we probably may not see the effects uh, till the end of this year or next year, uh, what's going to happen with uh, real estate. Uh, but, uh, but right now, uh, I, I think, uh, and surprisingly, the market's fantastic. And, uh, you know, people are, you know, getting great money for their house. If you want to get great money for your house, call the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Real estate only goes up in value. Is that true? We'll get to that coming up after the break. And we'll also tackle a question from listener Larry. It's a, a, a quite detailed question about whether his first home should be an income property or a primary residence. We'll get to that and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. 
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samford in studio and on the line once again, Rob Golfi and Philip Golfi, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfi team. 905-575-7700 is the number to call if you want to sell your home for top dollar and sell it in a safe manner. The Golfi team believing in safe business and they are executing that to the nth degree. Go online to robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfi on Instagram and Twitter. Like them on Facebook and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, if you have a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Larry did that, in fact. He went to questions at robgolfie.com on his email. And here's his question for the Golfie team. And you guys can digest this and give us your take on it. Larry writes, I would like to know whether it is better, financially speaking, to own my first house as an income property or as my primary residence in Ontario. I'm single, living with my parents, earn a steady income, and have $80,000 in savings. I've already purchased a new construction freehold townhouse for $320,000. It paid a $30,000 deposit, which will close in August of 2020. While I had been planning to rent out this property, I'm wondering if it's better to treat it as my primary residence initially to take advantage of all the benefits available to first-time homebuyers, including the ability to borrow from my RRSP, then change to a rental later. So great question from Larry. Guys, what do you think? Well, first, congratulations to Larry. $80,000 in savings That's awesome. is a great accomplishment for any first-time homebuyer. Um, in, in these times, it's, it's difficult to save that, that much money. And, that, you know, that's often one of the challenges that we come across for first time buyers is, is trying to be able to save up for their down payment. So he's got a, a nice chunk, chunk of change in the bank and, and he's ready to go. Um, this is a situation that we come across all the time where people are still living at home. They, they're, they're, they want to invest in the real estate market and they want to, they want to purchase their first property as an income property. And for, for instance, you know, the, the, purchasing an income property will not prevent you from taking advantage of first-time homebuyer programs in the future. So that RRSP program that he's talking about and, and, and using that to borrow his down payment in the future, he'll still be able to use that if he if he goes to the mortgage application and states that this is an income property and this isn't his first principal residence. Because if you go onto the CRA website, it reads, you're considered a first-time homebuyer if in the four year period prior to your home purchase, you don't, you do not occupy that home that's owned. So the, the CRA stating you can go out and, and purchase an income property and, and not use that as your first time home buyer incentive program. So in, in, in this case, it, it all depends. Um, as he goes through, as Larry goes through the mortgage application, he's going to have to tell his mortgage representative and state that, Hey, you know, either I plan to use this as my, as my primary resident or I plan to use this as an income property. And that's important because the lending verifications and the lending criteria will train, will change based on what he states 
to that lender. If he tells the lender that he's going to use it as an income property, he's going to probably have to put 20% down and, and so on and so forth. But if he uses that as a primary residence, he can put it as little as 5% down. Obviously, every single bank is different. Every single lending institution is different based on based on their criteria. So if, 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 you, if you want to stay at home and use it as an income property, sure, great. Let the bank know and, and, and you know, go through that process. If you want to move into it uh, and use your first-time homebuyer incentive, and move into it and then down the road, you know, in two to three years, purchase another income property and use that second one as an income property, then you can do that though. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can, you can structure this. Um, my suggestion would be is to, it would, would purchase it as an income property as you originally planned and save the home buyers programs for when you really do want to purchase your own principal residence. And that, that, you know, to sum up my, my, uh, to, to his question. A great, great response. I always like looking at the pros and cons of each circumstance, and Larry's kind of alluding to this in his question. Would the only con, if he if he does treat this as an income property, with the end goal to one day live in that same uh, uh, um, uh, freehold townhouse, uh, is the only negative that someone else is going to live there and may not treat it as well as Larry would? Yeah, definitely. That that's definitely one of the negatives. Um, you he you know. Tenanted properties tend to be a little bit more worn in use um, in terms of their overall condition in comparison to your principal residences. And that's just the reality of the situation. But that's something that you, you, you get comfortable with as a landlord and you, you learn to accept and, and understand that, you know, people aren't going to take care of your property as well as you would. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. But, but secondly, I think it comes down to the down payment and, and the structure of that down payment in terms of him wanting to, to, you know, if he has the financial capacity to support a 20% down payment and not be cash poor at the end of it, then for, you know, for sure, you know, perhaps that might be the best route, but usually first time home buyers, you know, you want to put as little as you can down because after you move into a property, especially as a first time homeowner, there's added costs that you don't even really weigh in or think of. For example, you know, you, you all of a sudden you have a yard to take care of and you've got to go out and buy a lawnmower and a weed whacker and, and, you know, and maybe you, you want to buy window coverings or things like that, that you don't necessarily think of it. It just adds up really quick as a first time home buyer, as you get into your first property. Um, so, so I always, I always say, if you don't, you know, don't try to exhaust all your, your entire down payment into your, into your property. I understand that people don't want to pay the CMHC, but in reality, that money is so small over 20, as it stretched over a 25 year period onto your mortgage, than it would in terms of being cash poor. It adds a lot of financial stress to your, to your home purchasing situation. Interesting. Great question, Larry. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to write that out and, and great response from uh, Philip. Uh, got a number of other questions here. What's your advice for both renters and landlords? Uh, when should a realtor get involved or when should uh, someone contact a realtor? What's the best day of the week to list my house? But we'll start with this. Real estate only goes up in value. Is that true? Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> I've been around at, here. Yes. Around here. We're lucky <laughs> to live in, in, in one of the best real estate markets in Canada. I, I, I really do think that as we, as we compare our market to, you know, the national market and, and as we look at the national stats, Hamilton is, is, you know, it's a, it's still affordable. Surprisingly, I know some people might get frustrated when, when we say Hamilton's affordable, Hamilton is still affordable and appreciate that at a very good pace and at a rapid pace that, you know, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of room for growth here. Um, combined with having a, a great, place to live. 
I mean, it's, it, it's Hamilton's a beautiful area. So you, you combine, you know, a bunch of those analytics and stats and, and Hamilton's one of the best markets, but when you start to compare it to, you know, the Albertas and the Saskatchewan's and, you know, those, those markets out there, I mean, if, if we we're going to come here and say, you know, real estate only goes up, we would be, we would be lying to everybody because in the past 12 months, their market has seen significant decreases in, in their real estate prices of up to six to seven to eight percent. And and that's scary, right? If you're, you know, can you imagine purchasing a house last year for 500,000 and, and, you know, you, you go to make a move this year and it's worth 480 or 490. And, you know, now you got to pay a, you know, you're going to pay a real estate agent. You got to pay your land transfer tax. You got to pay your legal fees. And you, 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 at the end of your move, you got $460,000 after you just paid 500 grand for it. It's, it's a, it's a pretty scary thought. And especially, you know, Canadians were the way, you know, we hold a lot of our, our equity or, or a lot of our wealth is, is in our real estate and, and a lot of homeowners, um, you know, after the real estate asset, they don't, there's not much left in terms of investment. And so, you know, we've experienced a, a, an incredible real estate market over the past 20, 25, 30 years where there's, there hasn't been any signs, very, you know, very few signs of, of depreciating, um, average sale prices. Um, so I mean, if if you, if you, if you were to ask me that question on a, on a micro level, I would say, yes, real estate only goes up and that would be my short answer. But if you, if you go on a macro level and and you, you bring in the entire national housing market and, and talk about some of those other markets that are, you know, out East or out West, um, you know, they're, they're going through tough times right now with, uh, with decreasing sales prices and, and uh, I, I just, I mean, I've never worked in a market like that. I've, I, we're, we're looking at a property today. Um, it's a property that we sold in 2015 for a million 20. This is in 2015. That exact same property was just listed for 1.8 million. That's wow. only, you know, five years. A, 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 an increase in, in, in asking price of eight, almost $850,000. I mean, that's unprecedented in terms of any other really, in, you know, secure investment that you can you can buy, right. It, it, you know, make $850,000 in equity over the course of five years. Like it's, it's pretty incredible. And I mean, you can, you can find examples like that all across our, our market right now where, where people got into the market for 200 grand and today it's worth 400 or, you know what I mean? It, it, it's those, those examples are, are, are everywhere right now. So real estate's always been a, an attractive investment to people that live in this area and to be, you know, and for people that, that have owned, you know, homes for, for a long time and haven't re, uh, you know, refinanced or, or reinvested or, or people, you know, real estate investors have, have done well in this area just because, you know, real estate prices only go up here. I guess the closest, at least in recent memory, closest example of real estate values taking a slight dip would have been, you know, 2016 into 2017, where after the the provincial governments announced its, you know, foreign buyers tax and and all its other, you know, uh, um, uh, legislation to curb housing prices, and we saw, you know, the, the rush of GTA buyers in the early portion of 2017, you know, driving up house prices, and then after those announcements, people who were looking to buy their next house after the rush weren't really seeing the same kind of price escalation than they were before, you know, the Kathleen Wynne government of the day made those announcements. But, I mean, prices are right back up and even higher than, than they were in 2017. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, it, it's, hard, it's hard to believe. Now, Rick, think about this. Like, like 10 years ago or even seven years ago, uh, you know, no one, you could buy a townhouse for uh, 200000 and nobody would ever think a townhouse would be worth 
500000 today. No, it, nobody could imagine that. And, uh, I mean, buying a house uh, probably about uh, 10 years ago, um, just before the 2000, uh, it, like seven or six or something like that, w- was a lot of money at the time for 500000 Now, that was a single detached home, luxury home. But now, like, you're getting a townhouse for that. So, like, the markets are just going to keep going up. And, and like I said, remember we did our little diagram there with the housing prices since 1955 yes, till yep. now house, house prices doubled every 10 years and it's just it's just going to keep going on on that track so it's going to continue always so even if there's and there's always little bumps along the way and we're probably going to go through a little bump here but again you know you buy uh 10 years you're going to be uh it's going to be worth double mm-hmm. we've done in the past uh when is the best day to, best day to close on a deal how about this one when is the best day of the week to list my house best day to list a house is Monday, Tuesday. And the reason why is because if you list and, 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 and the re, the reason for that is, um, when you list your house, most people look for homes online at their workplace. So if you list on a Friday, sometimes that listing doesn't get up on the system till Saturday. So people that are sitting at their office desk, aren't going to see your house as much on Saturday as they do on during the weekday. So now the re- here's and now the, the reason is is now the one person that's listed their house like let's say you listed your house on a Friday and it, it shows up on the system to the public on Saturday, you get an offer right away. What happens is is you get that offer and there's nobody else in the in the books going in for you know looking at this house right now, and you deal with the offer and you accept the offer and you sold the house. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all of a sudden you get all these calls coming in. And you're thinking, wait, wait a minute, did I sell this house too fast? So, so the, the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays are, the, are like try to get that house on the market at the beginning of the week. Population out there, everybody's looking online. You got the maximum, maximum people looking at your house when it is. Try not to get it listed on a, on a Friday, Thursday or Friday if you can. Still do not. Uh, the beginning of the week's always good. I would have never guessed that most people check uh, listings while they're at work. I would have never guessed that. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be amazed how many people are searching for homes online and and they're doing it at their uh, place of employment. It's just the way it is. Wow. That's hilarious. Oh, we got a couple minutes left in this segment. At what point do I get a realtor involved if I'm thinking of selling or buying a home? Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with selling. Um, and, and, you know, everyone has a different, pace that they like to go, right? There's some people that, that want to get a realtor involved right at the end of it. You know, their, their house is ready. They're, they're ready to list. They've, they've cleaned it up. They've painted, they've, they've done everything that they could to do. They want to get a realtor involved to put the sign on the lawn the next day. You know what I mean? And some people are like that. Now, on the other hand, there's people that like to get a realtor involved one, two years out and, and say, you know, if I renovate the basement and put a bathroom in, how much more will my house be worth? Um, you know, I plan on selling the house in, in one, you know, one to two years, you know, w- what do you think I can get for it at that time? So in, 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 in my opinion, get a realtor involved right away. As soon as you think or have an itch or inkling that you're, you're planning on making a move or selling, call a realtor right away and just have a conversation, right? How much is my house worth right now? What are things that I can do to make it worth more? And how can I, how can I build more equity in my house? You know, what are things that I can do to build more equity in my house in the short term um, that are, that are cost effective? 
those three questions are going to open your eyes to a whole new possibility of, of making more money on your investment or your house, um, marketing it in a different way and, and, and being able to, to present the house in a different manner. So, and, and let, I, let me jump, always, yeah, let me just jump in here because I want you to finish your thought after the break. We'll also get to when people should get a realtor involved when they're looking to buy a home because it's a little bit of a different story. When we come back, right. that we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about what advice uh, the golfy team has for both renters and landlords right now. That's coming up next here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio today. And once again, at the broadcast facility at One Markland is Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfie team. You can head online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Or call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. If you're hopping on social media, go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Rob Golfie is where you want to search out and if you haven't done so already download the hamilton real estate show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast four plus years of the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml with the golfie team it's been quite a run wow. some phenomenal shows in the past and uh, yeah so you can get them uh wherever you get your favorite podcasts or go online to robgolfie.com or 900 chml.com just before the break we were talking about at what point do i get a realtor involved if i'm thinking of selling or buying a home and philip you were just regaling us with you know the techniques that people use uh when they're selling their house and, and you just had a, a point that you wanted to complete there yeah, um, you know, you know, seek advice of a realtor and, and and be able to give yourself that time to be able to present your house or do the changes to your house to make it more attractive. Um, and and there's always advice that that a realtor might have that that you would never even think of of ways that you can present your house or make it worth more money in the short term. So definitely get a realtor involved right away as soon as you have an inkling and, and, and an idea as to. Uh, as to when you're thinking of, if you're thinking of making a move. And, and in regards to, to buying, um, buy, buyers, it, it's a little bit different because if you're looking for something so specific, especially in this market right now, you want a realtor to, to know exactly what you're looking for and where you're looking for it. Because if that property comes up and you miss it because a realtor didn't know to, to, to tell you or, or keep you advised of, of that potential listing coming up, then you're going to miss it. And that happens a lot, especially in today's market when the inventory is so low. It's so important to have a realtor that's able to scan the hot sheets every single day and, and look for new listings that might be um, attractive to you so that you can get in there as soon as possible because our days on market is so few right now, especially, you know, as we talked about in that, in that you know, four hundred dollars to $700,000 price range in Hamilton. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're finding out about a property 
that's, you know, three or four or five days after it hit the market, you're, you're way behind. You have no chance of getting that or even competing it by the time you're getting in the property sold and, and, uh, and, and, and you've missed out. So it's it, right now it's so important to have a realtor that's, that's, that's very active in the market that knows the marketplace and, and knows about these up, up and coming listings to get you ahead of the competition and get you in there fast. So, um, it's, it's important to, to let your realtor know and, and, and work with somebody who, who, and even if you're six months out, just to keep you updated on that marketplace, because that marketplace education is so important when you're buying a home. And that experience, that marketing creativity, that uh, the, the, the knowledge about the community, that's uh, the Golfie team in a nutshell. 905-575-7700, robgolfie.com is the website. So we're talking about sellers and buyers, and I want to just focus a little bit more on buyers. If you were to drop the prototypical buyer ask, what are most buyers looking for right now in Hamilton? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, neighborhoods, uh, they want to know, uh, you know, uh, if it's a good neighborhood and, and you've got to know your neighborhoods in the, in this city. Um, uh, obviously affordability will, will this house appreciate in price, uh, like the rest of Hamilton is. And, uh, and, and that's the key factors is, uh, you know, they, they just want a, a decent house that's going to appreciate in value, uh, when they're, when they're looking for, uh, for a house. And obviously, um, structurally, they want to make sure everything is good with the house. But uh, but the na- the neighborhood is 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 a big factor uh, before they actually make a a commitment to put a, an offer on on a place. There's no doubt about that. And that basically comes down to location. Location, absolutely. They say location, location is yeah is the common denominator. Uh, we got yeah. about uh, yeah just a couple of minutes left in this segment. What is your advice for both renters and landlords right now? That's a tough one. Um, right now, uh, uh, renters, you know, they're, they're, they're giving, um, landlords a hard time if they want to sell their house. Um, not all of them, but you know, I, I'm, we're hearing the stories and, um, you got to make deals. You gotta, you gotta negotiate with the, the renter. And, uh, if the renter has been there a long time and they're, and they're not paying market rent, they don't want to be, they don't want to be kicked out. So they're not going to let, uh, they're not gonna let people inside the house. I mean, obviously there's laws that uh, protects the landlord that they have to show the house if we give them uh, 24 hours notice and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise they can be evicted. So it's kind of catch 22, but, hmm. but you know, the landlord's trying to, you know, be nice to the tenant, but it, it, it is yeah. tough. It's a, it's a tough situation because the landlord tenant offices are closed right now. And I don't, I'm not sure if they uh, open them up with uh, the phase two in this pandemic, but uh, but it's uh, you know the renters they've got uh, they, they've got the landlords uh, they're back to the wall right yeah. now. There's, There's also- a lot of landlords in different positions right now. So you know you have the high leverage landlords that are, you know have borrowed to their max and are are um, you know they have a lot of bills to pay. Whereas you know some other landlords they're they're mortgage free on their properties and it's just straight cash flow. So you know develop a, a plan. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a landlord and you're, you're high leverage, you know, work, work on getting a home equity line of credit to be able to carry you through these, these harder times and, and make sure that you have a repayment plan in place with your, you know, with your current tenants, if they're un- unable to pay at that time. Um, for, let, me, let me, let me interrupt for, you there. Good advice from, uh, from Philip Golfi here. And there's also obviously a ban on evictions as well in the province of Ontario and, and other provinces 
as well. But I'm going to get you to finish your thought, and we'll also get into the price of downtown Toronto office space dropping in the second quarter. We'll dive into that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Last go around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie. Sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Rob Golfie is the handle you want to search out. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea for a future program, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Just before the break, we were talking about renters and landlords. What advice uh, for both of them do you have right now? Uh, we know that you know evictions are uh, not happening. The, the province has put a ban on that. Uh, Philip, you had some, some uh, good advice for, for both parties. Yeah, for, for renters, you know, re- rely on the government programs that are available. Um, use them to, to your benefit, everything from the CERB and the, the uh, uh, Canada Child Benefit payment. Um, and then, you know, if, if that's not enough, just be open and honest with your landlord in terms of where you're at in your, in your you know, specific situation. Um, if there's no emergency cash savings, then, you know, it, it, you, you might have to look to, t- you know, taking on some debt and, and rearranging a, a payment structure for, you know, when you're able to get back to work. But, um, you know, try and be open and honest with your landlord and, and, and explain and highlight your specific situation and, and develop a plan together as to, you know, if it's, if it's you know, if, if the landlord's deferring mortgage payments, perhaps these rent payments can be deferred as well. And, you know, different things like that. We've, we've heard a lot of people get creative um, with, with these situations, um, but it, it's just having an open and an honest conversation with, uh, with each other. Speaking of uh, landlords and tenants, the CBRE quarterly statistics report on office and industrial real estate in major Canadian markets is out. And it says that office rents in Toronto and Vancouver uh, fell in the second quarter amid an increase in vacancies and subletting as the coronavirus put the brakes on a multi-year run of tightening supply. Um, should should, Should companies, should real estate firms be worried about this? I'd say uh, uh, commercial landlords uh, in high-rise buildings are—they're going to feel the pinch, and it's going to take uh, probably—I'd say five to ten years before uh, they're going to have buildings uh, full again uh, the way they are now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it just depends. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the uh, the big uh, uh, real estate owners of these big, uh, tall, high high-rise build. Uh, con- um, sorry, office buildings. Downtown office vacancy rate in Vancouver is now at 3.3%, uh, up from 2.2% a quarter earlier. Uh, same kind of story in in Toronto. The vacancy rate uh, rose to 2.7% uh, from a record low 2% in the first three months of this year. Are, are we seeing this kind of um, situation play out in Hamilton as well? Maybe not to I don't know. the same drastic uh, 
stats? Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are downtown. I know there's I know there's a lot of vacancy like uh, the, the, like the old Stelco uh, uh, Tower there uh, downtown. They've got a lot of empty uh, units there. Um, I think um, the where it's at now is low, but and people are fulfilling their uh, contract, uh, their rental contract. Uh, but once that that renewal comes up, you're going to see more and more probably not renewing as much. Or they're just going to, uh, you know, downsize to different uh, locations and stuff. So, um, but I know, uh, I know it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a little, t- it's going to be a little tough for uh, uh, office buildings to to fill them up uh, more. Um, you know, yeah, especially when people are used to now working uh, out of their homes, and and uh, and the cost of uh, office space is getting expensive. So. So I found this uh, survey slash story to be very interesting. 78% of B.C. residents support banning foreigners from buying real estate. Um, we all know the, the, the price of homes in Vancouver especially skyrocketed just a few years ago with so many foreign investors uh, coming over from China. Uh, is this a good idea? It's good and bad. <laughs> it's uh, it's there. The ones that are saying that they're going to have to pay a price uh, if they uh, if they want that to happen. They're they're gonna they're gonna go through a roller coaster of uh, of uh, housing prices coming down. So they got to be careful uh, what they say uh, when they when they're asking for something like that. Yeah. So the it, fo- <laughs> go go ahead, Philip. I it's just it's just interesting. It, it it's crazy to think. Um, the entire ban of foreign buyers. I mean, you you hope that these buyers have good intentions with the real estate that they're buying, but unfortunately they've been known to, to come down, purchase real estate and leave the entire building vacant or, or perhaps even use it as a cash haven or, or a way to launder money as we've seen in the past. So, um, you know, we just hope, you know, there's, there's different ways in, in through the implementation of laws and taxes that, that would kind of weed out the bad ones and, and, uh, and highlight the good ones. Yeah, interesting to note that the survey shows that the highest level of support for such a ban are residents of Vancouver Island and younger generations, ages 35 to 54, with each of those cohorts voicing 88% in favor of such a ban. Interesting stuff. Guys, way to go. Fantastic program once again. Again, if you're buying or selling, go online to robgolfie.com or call them anytime at 905-575-7700. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9, right here on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.